Good morning, Northgate and friends this Sunday morning. Well, actually, Saturday for me, but it will be Sunday or some other day when you watch this. But uh, let's pray and get into God's word. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your love towards us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. May this not just be another video that we put on or skip through. But Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak into each person's life who is listening to this short teaching. God, may it be transformational as we turn to you in the power of your Holy Spirit. Pray this in your precious name. Amen. So we're working, we're working our way through 1 Corinthians. And we've come to what we would say in the book, everything's building, building, building to this chapter, chapter 13. Last week, we talked about the gifts and described them a bit. But more importantly, that we need unity because the church is divided on these things. And Paul would even say the church in Corinth was divided, that they were not functioning as a healthy body, each part being different, needing to help the other. So Paul has spoken with this to this church that has so many gifts, but there is no unity in the diversity of how God has made them, and he is exhorting them to be one. But that is impossible without the greatest gift of all, the greatest quality fruit of the Holy Spirit, and that is love. And Paul would say at the end of chapter 12, certainly desire gifts, but let me show you a more excellent way. This week has been one to remind me again that the devil is working and strong, that we are in a battle, and it might have been just the conversations I had, but there's much heart, ache, and pain, and division in our world in this season. I know we kind of started this pandemic thinking, what will it become? and just trying to do all that we could to have hope and to work through everything that was thrown our way. But six months later, looking back, I personally would say help pe helping people through different conversations and at times in my own life, that people, as we're working our way through, are hurting and are slowly being drained of the spiritual life, even Christians, or more importantly, Christians, that is within them. The enemy is at work, and we are in a battle. Again, I think in the last six months, I've never seen more depression, breakdowns, anxiety, fear, broken relationships, fighting over position of what we think of how to handle this, addictions running rampant, and even the increase of suicide and hearing of that and how the devil is lying to people and how the pressure and the combination of different things is resulting in complete destruction. The devil is wreaking havoc. There is no doubt we are in a spiritual battle. Relationships are suffering. And oftentimes it can be traced to difference of opinion, to fear that is controlling us no matter the side we take, whether we're fearful of the government taking us control or telling us what to do, causing us to say things or fear of being sick. There's so many different things and we're reacting in different ways. And as I talk to people, not only in the world 
or read about people in the world or mental health or emotional health, it is very difficult. And even within the church, we are not immune and we are facing battles. And some I know and love are struggling. And even in my own life, there has been just at times, different times where it has been very frustrating and difficult. But here in chapter 13 of the book of 1 Corinthians, I began to ponder this week, a chapter that we probably all know and we all can recite or even had quoted at our weddings or heard at a wedding or even memorized. Maybe you're a homeschool kid or someone else or a one and you had to memorize this chapter and we know it. But the importance of agape love and how agape love is truly the more excellent way, how we have to know God's love, love him back and to love others. Man, if there is any weapon that is effective against the enemy, truly it is agape love. Truly it is the more excellent way. Well, let's read a little bit. Let's be reminded of what Paul says of this more excellent way. He says, though I speak with the tongues in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, of men and angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. He's just got through talking about the gifts and how important they are, but the gifts don't measure our maturity. And if we use our gift or our ability, our supernatural, natural ability for the Lord, but if it's not motivated by love, it will profit us nothing and he goes through these examples of speaking or knowing tremendous wisdom or speaking in tongues or prophesying or understanding tremendous mysteries or having tremendous faith but if you don't have agape it's not gonna help you whatsoever and this is an incredible thought because often we're looking to our abilities. We're looking to people and their abilities to solve our problems. And it's not that God doesn't want to use those things, but even in this, this time of, oh, if we had more people who had greater faith, or we had more people who are prophesying to what exactly is going to happen, or if we had more knowledge to help the people who are suffering. And yes, that is super important. But the reality is, without agape love, we have nothing. It profits nothing. And Paul's speaking to this church with all of these gifts, but yet so much division, so much faction, so much pain, so much unforgiveness. We went through it. People just angry with one another, sin running rampant. And he's saying, listen, you can have all the gifts, but if you don't have love, Again, he's bringing them to this point. This is why we don't uh, eat meat sacrificed idols. This is why we don't sue one another. This is why we don't elevate one person above the other. This is why gifts shouldn't be 
put in a sense higher above others. We need this agape love. Agape love in the Greek, agape. Why do I keep saying that? Because in the English language, love is a big term and we associate it with many different things. I can say I love the sunshine. I love my dinner. I love peanut butter. I love my dog. I love my brother, right? And then I can say I love my wife. And there's such a vast spectrum with that word that we can apply it to. But in Greek, the language more specific can point it in different ways. And in the Greek, there's a word for love that's affection, brotherly love as well, philos. There is romantic love. There's affectionate love you can have. But then the greatest is called agape in Greek. And that's the word that is used in this chapter, this unconditional, amazing love that's described for us in many ways. Let's look how it's described here, and you might know it, and I'll just point out a few things. It suffers long. It's patient. It will wait. It desires for someone else benefit that I will suffer. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not parade itself. It's not about its ideas. Not about its gift. It, it's not puffed up in what it can do. It's not rude. It does not seek its own. Yeah, it does not seek its own. Agape does not seek its own. And how often are we seeking our own, our ideas, our thoughts, our needs, our pleasure. And we know James says that only leads to wars. But true love, agape, is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Well, just imagine when you're hurt, it thinks no evil upon another person who has hurt you. Not only does it not think no evil, let's take it back, it says no evil. <laughs> but it even doesn't think evil about those around and I know we fail so much we look at these things not rejoicing in iniquity when our enemy is suffering but it rejoices in the truth God's truth and here's the beautiful part as you read that love bears all things it believes all things it hopes all things it endures all things wow how would the world be different? How would the church be different? How would our lives be different if agape ruled our loves? You know, I talk to people sometimes and they're like, well, I just don't love people. I have a struggle being with people. I understand we're all different, but we need agape love. We need it for those who are closest to us. We need it for those down the street. We need it for those in the store. We need to be different. We need to have the love of Christ in our lives. I remember I was little, and not that preachers made you uh, want to feel guilty, and not that I want to make you feel guilty today, but they were like, put your name in there. So as you read it through, oh, love suffers long, love is kind. Well, Daniel suffers long. Daniel um, is kind. He does not behave rudely. Daniel does not seek his own. And every time I would go through that exercise, as people told me to, or even made people go through it, I would think to myself, man, I am a loser. There is no way, no chance I can in my own strength agape. And I don't want you to put your name in there. 
but maybe as some have told you before, why don't we put the name of Jesus in there? And I want you to understand that Jesus is the perfect representation of God on earth. It says in Hebrews 1, he is God's character. And this is what God is. And God is love. And God and Jesus suffer long. And Jesus is kind. And we see this in his life as he lived. He did not envy. He was not puffed up. He did not parade himself. Jesus was not rude. Jesus did not seek his own. Jesus was not provoked. Jesus thought no evil, even when they were crucifying him. But he forgave them. He thought no evil about them. Could you imagine that? Jesus and God never rejoice in iniquity, but they always rejoice in the truth. Jesus, just think of this, bears all things. He bears with us. Jesus believes all things towards us. He hopes all things for humanity. That is the character of God enduring all things. God is love, it would say in the scripture. Jesus is love. The perfect representation of this chapter is the character of God, is the walk on this world of Jesus Christ. And though I know I cannot in any way, in my ability or strength or intellect or whatever my experience is, I cannot... Be love, only Christ is love. And I think of this because we want more love. We see our world, we see our lives, we see the time we're living in and the destruction and we need to be ministering one to another. And what do we truly need more of? Not our effort, we need more of Christ. It's interesting that love, agape, is a fruit of the Spirit. It says in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is agape. And people believe in different flavors. But that's what we need produced in our life as we abide with Christ. As we believe truly, here it is, that as I believe in him, he comes and lives in me. This is the answer to division. This is the answer to fear. Doesn't perfect agape drive all fear away? This is the answer to anxiety. This is the answer to how we should be treating one another. It is all wrapped up in this amazing chapter. We need the fruit of agape in our lives. But Often I would ask myself, well, that's that's great, but how, how do I pay for it? Well, no, <laughs> you know, I want more love. We can say that with all the fruit of the Spirit. I want more patience, right? I want more perseverance. I want, how do I get that? And we know scripture says fruit we need to abide, but there's a few things maybe I just could encourage you that I was encouraged this week in thinking about first and foremost you have to believe what God says you have to believe his word you have to believe that Christ lives in you you have to believe that perfect love is within you and you need to submit to that abide in that but before you begin you have to have confidence in what God has said 
that his amazing love for you is there and his love lives in you. If you don't believe it, you're not going to get anywhere. Now, some of us need to believe through experience. Some of us believe just academically by thinking it through. I don't care how you get there. That's your call, but you have to believe in what God has said and truly believe it and live in it. And as you believe what God has said, not only that, you need to ask. We have a good God, and when we're failing, we need to ask him for help. We need to understand we can't do it, and that his power source, his Holy Spirit lives in us, producing this fruit, and we need to say, God, I need you. I'm desperate. Help me to be more loving. You say, the Gospel of Luke points this out beautifully where it says we have a good father and if you ask or seek or knock he's not going to give you junk he's not going to give you a scorpion or a rock if you ask for bread or something to eat but he wants to give you good gifts and he says he wants to give you the holy spirit to those who ask he knows our need he knows we're frail he knows the flesh, says that in the Psalms. We, he knows we're dust and he wants to help us. But we need to humble ourselves and understand, I can't do it in my strength. I need to believe Christ is in me and say, ask my good father, I need help. Please, I need your love to take over my life. I need to understand and I need to ask. Now, oftentimes it can be very difficult because at moments we can understand and we can live in the confidence that we're loved. And there are moments where we can ask, but it's almost in a draining season like we're in that if we don't keep turning back all the time to God, it's slowly we drift away. And each day, can I encourage you to turn back to believe in the love that God has for you, however you get there, to live in that love and to believe that love is in you and to ask for more of that love. That is your part each and every day to center yourself on Christ and what he's promised. If you don't do that, if you don't meditate on truth, you will drift into lies and you will be swallowed up by these things. And it will be about you trying to solve not only the world's problems, but your problems by having some form of truth. Fear will dominate you until you look to Christ and his perfect love will drive all that away. And I need to do that. I need to turn away and turn to Christ and what he has said and his love. But I want to add to that, that the Bible is clear if the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of love in our life, that we can quench that spirit through sin in our lives. We can grieve the spirit through unbelief and sin. And that's why we have to turn. Years ago, I did that sermon of a hose and 
that God's love is always available and we can ask and it's in us, right? And the flow of the Holy Spirit is in us, but we can clog that or quench that as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5 by not believing and living in disobedience. John 15 says, abiding is obeying my commands. Because if we don't, that sin can clog that hose. And I was thinking, what kind of example other than the hose can I use? And I thought of Greece. I like Greece. I like donuts and bacon. Maybe you don't. But when it's fresh and hot, it's great. But the thing with Greece is, we don't put it down the drain because it is a liquid, but as that goes down and cools, it will harden and clog our pipes. And that's what sin is. When it's hot, it's tasty and good, and it's almost something that we need. But the problem, the aftermath, is when it cools and gets hot, it clogs the flow of God in our life. So we need to continually confess we need to continually deal with that, to deal with the clogs, to allow the Holy Spirit, this love to flow in us and through us to change us and to change our church and to change our world. But oftentimes we live wanting the taste of grease, whatever that is in our life. We think that our anxiety or our box of fear or our symptom of addiction or our wanting to prove ourselves right in judging others, we think it is helping us in some crazy way, but it hardens in our life and it destroys the flow and the work of the Holy Spirit and of love. You know, when we go to heaven, it says in this chapter, we'll have no need for the gifts because he who is perfect will be with us, the king of the kingdom Peace, joy, and righteousness will be there. And sometimes I actually desire, don't we all want that to be in that perfect place where there's no sin, there's no pandemic, there's no division, there's no fear, there's nothing, there's no tears, there's no death, there's no sickness, you name it. It's not here and we desire that and we should. But I want to encourage you before we get there that the king of the kingdom lives in you and me. So though not perfect or complete, but in part we can have Christ and his love here and now. And we can be different that as we believe, ask, desire this better way of love, submitting to the spirit, not quenching and love throwing, flowing in us and through us, It'll make a huge, amazing difference. You see, the church in Corinth needed to hear this message. They were suffering. They were in factions and division, and I'm sure fearful and anxious and all of these things that it even says there was sickness because they weren't even taking communion properly in their lives. But they needed to hear that love is the better way. And what do we need to hear today? That love is the better way. Agape is the better way. So instead of trying to be right, we need more agape. And agape will help us to use our gifts. The motivation and the truth then will help us to help others. But we have to be so careful not to let 
that grease clog and what happens when sin gets a hold of us it hardens our heart it says in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 it hardens our heart we don't want that we're going to be soft we want to be loving we want to be different we need agape we need to allow the love of God to flow through us and in us and I desperately need it today amen so that truly we will bear all things, will believe all things, will hope all things, will endure all things, not with just those we love, but those that we have trouble with. So amazing. At the end of this, he says in verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, or you might say even... For you, a woman, I put away childish things. And for me, it's almost like God saying, grow up, there's a better way. There's a better way than you being right. There's a better way than you being fearful. There's a better way than you living in your own strength. And that better way is agape love. Daniel, it's time to grow up. And whoever you are watching this video, I think God's message is the same. When we were children, we thought as children. And all of the things we're talking about are childish. But God is saying to me and to you, it's time to grow up and to allow agape to control us and to flow through us. I've been saying this statement a few times to a few people in my challenging week and talking to people and even the Lord speaking to my heart about love. Simply this, this is a season that we can take as a big challenge to drain us as I spoke about. But may we see it rather as a challenge to change us. Not to challenge us to think the negative, but to change us to be more loving people, that maybe God is allowing this to change us, to change his church, to change us, to truly have the fruit of agape in us. It is an opportunity, rather than this time, yeah, just to be negative, and challenged to the point of failure. Yeah, we're human beings, but God is with us. And it's an opportunity for love to flow through us. And I'm not even talking about looking for opportunities. I'm talking for our hearts to be changed. To be brought back to Christ and his love. That the Holy Spirit we would know in us, we would believe and be empowered and ask and we wouldn't quench through our sin the work of God. May we be different. Lord, help us today. May agape change us, our circumstances, our church and our world. Amen. Lord, we need you. No matter who we are today, we call out to you and say, Lord, we, we ask you 
for more of agape in our lives, for the empowerment of your spirit, the filling of your spirit, the work of your spirit, however we want to define it, we want you. And Lord, if we're settling to sin and our hearts are getting hard, we confess that. Lord, start us afresh. Start us new. God, just speak to us. Holy Spirit, work in us. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. This week, may you walk in the Spirit and may God's love, agape, be the fruit of your life. We'll see you later.